I'm Dr. Rochelle Lapham, um, the drunk phytologist, also known as Fido or DP. Uh, and I'm Ethan Lapham. I'm uh, usually known as Takoon363. And uh, this is Natural 20. Yeah, first episode. Holy crap. Um, so Natural 20 is brought to you by our friends at Inside Check. Um, so what happens is if you want to do your own D&D slash science podcast, what you do is you make friends with people who already have a successful podcast. You infiltrate their Discord community and you hold on like a barnacle. And eventually, um, through either um, treats and manipulation, they'll let you do work for them for free. <laughs> well. So... <laughs> So, this podcast is going to be talking about Dungeons and Dragons, but specifically Dungeons and Dragons creatures and monsters. And we're going to be going through the monster manual, discussing their, what they're like, what their descriptions are, the history and lore behind them, also how you can in, get them into your game, and finally, are there real-world equivalents? What has been expired by them? Do they exist? And if they existed, where would you find them? What would they eat? How would they breed and live? And all those sorts of things. And their ecology. So hopefully this will be at least semi-educational for everyone. So, Ethan. Yes. What are we talking about today? I believe the subject we settled on is a classic. And we are taking a look at our friend, the Owlbear. So, if you could tell me a little bit more, I know that Owlbears seem to be sort of a favorite D&D creature, commonly come up. You've seen them in different shows, um, Dice Camera Action, that was run by Chris Perkins. Commonly, the party had a pet Owlbear named Waffles in our own home game. Uh, our cleric had rescued a baby owlbear with the name of Arwen, um, and this is in Fish's Edition, but all owlbears are much, much older than that. Owlbears go all the way back. Um, they are something that was even as far back as the original playtests uh, with Gary Gygax at his home table. Um, and it really came from, um, in a letter he actually uh, calls this out, and it's in the History, Art, and Arcana. Fantastic book. If you don't have a copy, see if you can track one down. It is a fantastic reference into the history of D&D. But he actually calls out uh, in a 1972 article for Wargamer's newsletter. So we're going back to the chainmail days when they're still figuring out what Dungeons & Dragons is going to be. And he calls out using soft plastic horrors and plastic prehistoric animals. And it is this like ugly, orange and yellow, <laughs> toothed, sloped forehead creature. I mean, it is not... Pretty. Soft plastic horror is probably the best description that's concise. Um, I mean, look it up. Look up the classic owlbear. Take a minute. Well, wait. It's horrifying. <laughs> um, but it's something that, I mean, like I said, it goes all the way back, and it's been carried through. Um, they've shown up in every edition, and they are, you know, a lot of people kind of see them as this, like, low-level monster. Mechanically speaking, you know, they don't seem super dangerous they're kind of that like i don't want to say first couple levels that's how you kill a party unless you have like eight people mm -hmm. but that like five to ten range a couple of owlbears is a pretty decent threat um and they are every single description calls them vicious they attack on sight they are the consummate predator like territorial right 
in 3.5, they literally call out that anything bigger than a mouse, they will go after. Everything is prey. All their monsters leave them alone. And, you know, even in those early descriptions, they talk about two-inch claws. This thing is mean. It is, I wouldn't call it lean, but it definitely has the mean and killing machine parts down. Yeah. Um, because the early descriptions, and carried through again, they talk about it being eight foot long and 1,500 pounds. I mean, this is like a big grizzly bear with an owl face. Yeah, so almost three meters. Like, this is... Uh, they are rival- large. Yeah, rivaling the largest real-world bears that we know of. <laughs> and depending on edition, they even call out some of the variants. Um, fourth edition, kind of the, right out of the gate, calls out the winter claw that is basically take a polar bear and give it an owl face. So now you're talking maybe a 2,000-pound, like 12-foot, you know, 4-meter animal. Mm-hmm. This thing is big. It is mean. They are going to yell. They're going to terrify their prey. And the thing is, the, to me, probably the funniest one is they call out the special attack in the first edition, and they call it Hug. <laughs> really? Yeah. <laughs> It is absolutely, it is hug. It's not the kind of hug you want. Imagine a dark hug. Uh, I wouldn't call it a dark hug. No, okay, that might not be a dark too hug. light. Oh, no. This okay. is like eldritch hug. Eldritch hug. The darkest of hugs. Because we're talking the days of, you know, save or die spells exist. And there's a lot of things where it's just, you're dead. Like, getting something getting a hold of you is not pretty. pretty. No. And so it causes between 2 and 16 health, which in modern systems doesn't sound horrible. It's, it's a big hit, but it's not bad. Right. But you're talking the days where, like, starting characters had 3 health. Yeah, you were totally... And those were, like, fighters. Yeah. You know, wizards would have, like, 1 health. Literal. Like magic user, 1 health. 1 health. That's why so literal glass cannon. So this thing touches cannon. you, you're hosed. And, it, and it's, like, anything on an 18 or higher. So if, you, if you're, you, when we're going back to the Thaco days, you're digging through the tables, but anything that would... Could you explain what Thaco is? To hit armor class zero, I'm not getting it. That's a podcast in and of itself. Right. You could have a three-hour discussion on What does Thaco stand for, though? So yeah, that to hit armor class zero. So it was always, you, were, you took your armor class, sometimes it was negative, which was good because then it was taking away from their role. Your role plus some math, if it got to a zero, meant that you were hit. Okay. Again, the it came from the old wargaming days, and it was like reduction to the, the hit values. There's charts, there's damage. When you're used to it, it works great. When you've always been used to armor classes, just here's a number, if bigger, same or bigger, it's a hit. Thaco looks like too much accounting. It, it's like actuaries. It does sound like straight math. up accounting. It yeah, does. It's, it's, it's a lot of math. Yeah. Um, but yeah, point being, if this thing got a hold of you, it, it literally calls out that it bites you every round doing this damage until it dies. Basically, if you, until you're dead or it's dead, it's holding, hugging you. Hugging. So first it's clawing you with two inch long claws. Oh, right. And then it's biting you with its big floppy plastic horror mouth. <laughs> and despite being an owl bear, right. and this is something we actually just noticed when we're flipping yeah, through the art. Yeah, we're looking through the art. They have teeth. How do they have teeth? In nearly every edition, the thing with an owl face, a beak, like a bird, we're not talking like little serrations like certain birds have that are like yeah, flesh so ripping. Yeah, so like du- like ducks have that, which is more of just to like um, you know, when it's they're like dabbling, it's to a rasp. pull to pull, right? It's no. more so in normally. So okay, normally with birds, beaks, right? There's no teeth, right? 
If anything, there are very small, small serrations that help with pulling or grinding a little bit. If you have a waterfowl, like a duck sort of mouth, they have little serrations to help them filter out stuff, but there are no teeth. No teeth. Okay. Meanwhile. Meanwhile. <laughs> unless you are third edition 3-5, they show a beak and the angle it's at, maybe there's teeth in there, maybe there's not. It's not clear. Right. But literally every other depiction of these things that you can see an open mouth, they have like shark teeth. These things are white, they are pointed, they are terrifying looking. Also, shark teeth. They're yeah. not even bear teeth. They're not bear teeth. No. Bears have teeth. Yes. They've got some pretty big canines and things. Canines, but, got, but they also got like molars. They have molars. Yeah. There are no molars in this mouth. It is 100% <laughs> knives. A beak full of knives. Like, go grab a monster manual. Any of them. Look at the picture. Even fifth edition. There's teeth in there and they're sharp. They're pointy. There are pointy white teeth in there. Why an owl or a bear would have that many pointed teeth? Unknown. Okay. But it does. Right. So now that we've done the lore of the owl bear, you know, out of game, right? And those sort of, we'll go a little bit into more of their descriptions in a minute. You know, where did they come from in game? That's a good question. And it depends on which edition you're looking at. So all the way back, first edition, it just calls them out as a forest dweller. Like, it doesn't seem to really care much one way or the other where they really came from. Just, if you're in the woods and you hear loud hooting and screeching, you probably don't want to be there. Mm-hmm. Like, that's just, that's end game. You don't want to mess with it, right? You hear it, go the other direction. But it doesn't seem to care much about that. There's some other values to it. It's worth a decent chunk of change if you can get a hold of some younger ones or apparently the only edition that cared about the birth cycle of an owlbear, they call out eggs. And you said that was only in first edition, right? Only first edition. Right. From there forward, like, I, I don't have second edition on hand, but I have three, five, fourth, fifth. None of them mention eggs. They mention young. Right. But they call out eggs, okay. specifically in first edition. But that aside, so yes, which came first, the owlbear or the egg? We don't know. <laughs> but moving forward... A couple of editions call out a wizard. Basically, it's the old, a wizard did it. Yeah, my like, favorite explanation. Ask Matt Will Jackson and how angry I get every time. <laughs> yeah, it, it's this idea of, you know, a wizard made them. They're a genetic experiment. And I think there was, like, a mention of that as a possibility in first edition. But they didn't concretely say, like, a wizard did it. Yeah, but I'd also read that at some point the elves are like, yeah, they've always been around. And see, that shows up later. Okay. So that, that shows up. So that's the thing, is it's up through 3-5, it's like a wizard did it, right? Mm-hmm. It was a genetic experiment. It was a spell gone wrong. It was trying to make a better guard animal, and it went, you know, ballistic and just, you know, wiped out the wizard, whatever it might have been. Fourth edition, fairly lore light in the description, at least in the monster manual, but it at least calls out that they came from the Feywild. Doesn't talk about wizards, doesn't mention any sort of weird genetic experiments. It's just, oh yeah, they came from the Feywild, and that's it. So fifth edition kind of does a blend of both. Mm-hmm. It mentions that some most people are in the camp of like, yep, wizard did it. It's the only thing that makes sense. And honestly, with the frickin' shark teeth, maybe that's right. Yeah. Maybe there's just a little bit of shark DNA. And they do not count as an animal in the monster manual. They're called a monstrosity. Yes. Right. But they do call out that some venerable elves claim they came from the Feywild. Mm. I'm maybe believing a little bit of both. Maybe it was something that lived in the Feywild, and that maybe the ones here, some may have bled through some portals or come with some elves, 
But I think that a wizard saw those and was like, I can make that. <laughs> I'm going to put some animals together, and they're going to do the nasty, and we're going to have some sort of freak owl bear thing come out. Mm-hmm. And really couldn't come up with a better name. Right. Obviously, a wizard had all sorts of creativity when it came to putting some animals in cages and playing Barry White. Not great with <laughs> the names. So... Yeah, baby. <laughs> maybe we're getting you. a little bit of both. <laughs> Alrighty. Well, I think we've covered that. So um, we did a little bit of the description. So do we want to talk about like their description and the stats for them like currently, like 5th edition? So 5th edition, uh, I believe it's yeah, large... Like you said, monstrosity. monstrosity. Mm-hmm. So it's, yeah, it's something that, that they don't even really call it an animal. Like it's not a beast. Yeah. Which is interesting because it, it, you know, they describe it as sort of bestial. They're mildly smarter than your average animal. So they're all could be named Yogi, a little smarter than the average bear. Yeah, I know. That was terrible. Ow. Dude, that, hurt, that hurt me. <laughs> but they are large. I mean, they, they call out that they're big. They have a speed of 40 feet. So, I mean, you're there's none of this like... I don't have to unroute, outrun the bear. I just have to outrun the slowest person. Right. No, the owlbear will kill the slowest person, and if it's not hungry, keep coming for the next person. Yeah. You had better be a monk, a half-elf, you got some boots of long striding, you got spells. It will hunt you down, and it will eat you. Owlbears have dark vision out to 60 feet. Yeah, so 40 feet is about 13 meters. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, you're talking, this thing's coming for you. Yeah. It's faster than most Than 20 meters characters. for dark, dark vision. Yep. Mm-hmm. Right. And, you know, perception checks rely on sight or smell. It gets advantage. There's that classic multi-attack. So you almost always have a, a either two claws and a bite or a claw and a bite. Is there a hug? Uh, no, there's no hug, unfortunately. <laughs> uh, in theory, they could grapple and continue to, to bite. Yeah. But yeah, they don't have a special attack hug. Okay. I think that may maybe second edition still had it. Not sure, but first edition definitely did. But it's not in three five. Okay. No more hug. I think they realized how counterintuitive that started to sound. Yeah. Maybe. Cozy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's one way to put it. Um, they also call out that you know a lot of the others it's like a mixture of feathers on the front half and fur on the back. Fifth edition actually calls out that it's feathers and fur. Okay. It's like feathers intermixed and covering the fur. So the fur is underneath, mm-hmm. and it's like a, a guard layer of feathers. Right. Yeah. And it, they have sort of pseudo wings. Some additions are more of like full-on practical wings, just off the back of the front limbs. Yeah. Wasn't that in three five though? Um, <laughs> that's some of it, but I think there was there may be. Let me pull up my art again here. A couple pages too far. Oh no, an excuse to look at the beautiful art oh, book. No. no, no. Yeah, see, like this version has much longer. Oh, sort of feathered... I see. So in this case, so the art that we're looking at right now is basically it's almost like the front um, arms or limbs that almost like a sugar glider or flying squirrel has like feathers from the chest attached to the upper arm through like the armpit and stuff and those are wings although as you said sort of pseudo wings they wouldn't necessarily be practical right you're not expecting something to fly here yeah exactly although in the past there have been winged owlbears right that they was call a variant a, a special variant that is winged mm-hmm. so you know nothing says terror like something coming at you that wants you to die and it can fly and it's the size, um, you yeah. know. Here, it, here's it's an SUV almost, coming at yeah, you from the sky. Yeah, it's almost three meters, three meters, eight feet, yeah. you know. 
The biggest bear you can imagine? Yeah, this is great. Second edition also had the greater owlbear. Ooh. So presumably... Tell me about this one. A bigger owlbear. <laughs> I'm assuming. I'm assuming greater owlbear means bigger. Generally speaking. Yeah. <laughs> Again, good old second edition. And a lot of the variants came from either Dungeon or Dragon magazine. Okay. So a lot of them were kind of an, an additional piece of the DM's toolkit. When the regular owlbear wasn't enough, 3.5 also had things like the owlbear skeleton. Oh, ancient lovely. Ancient owlbear. Um, they had an Ancolian owlbear if you were a Kryn player. So, you know, a little bit of dragon lance. Okay, what so, does yeah. that mean? Explain that to me. I don't understand. Which part? <laughs> the the Ancolian owlbear. Ancolian owlbear. Ancolian. So area in the world of Kryn. Kryn. Okay, Kryn is so, the world in dragon lance. Correct. Okay, now before everyone tweets at us and is like, how you don't know, I'm like, I'm sorry, everybody, okay? <laughs> this is the reason I have Ethan here. He's the loremonger. <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> All right, well, now since we were talking about variants, let's get into the biology of this this thing. We've, we've gotten to a little bit of it on one. What, what about um, the owlbear, right? could exist versus the things that aren't quite right. <laughs> so we already know that we don't have actual owlbears. One, we don't have actual owlbears, which of course is lame, but we Or good, I mean, I, I yeah, like not yeah, being eviscerated. Right. Generally um, a, a positive to but, our, our but existence. We, but we do have bears and we do have owls. True. Um, and actually, uh, even within, within D&D lore, they mentioned specifically there was a giant owl, which is another creature shows up off and on throughout different editions of D&D. Right. A lot of times it's like, you know, these things are already kind of scary predators in real life, but what if they were giant and ate people? What if we made them bigger? It's a pretty common theme in a Maximum lot of Maximum savings. Right. Right. Just just easy design. You're ready to go. Um, what if this killer thing, but bigger? Bigger. <laughs> um, and to be fair, there are some fairly large owls. Yes. I mean, you have things like eagle owls eagle and great owls. gray owls that are just huge. Yeah. Well, so like an eagle owl can get can grab a deer, like a straight up deer, you know, and eat it and not have any issues whatsoever. Um, and what is their wingspan again? Like, hand, I couldn't tell you, but I like, want to say it's like seven feet. Yeah. It's, let's it's let's go ahead and look that meters, up. That's big. Because we saw one before in a zoo, not in real life, because that would have been terrifying. Well, I mean, the zoo was in real life. The real... <laughs> not out in the wild. wild. Not yeah. one coming for me. <laughs> not one coming for me. Holy crap. Um, okay, so the Eurasian eagle owl is lives in Eurasia. Ha ha. Okay. And it can be... I was waiting for you to say, like, Latin America. Latin America. Right. We called it the Eurasian owl, owl just to mess with people. Yes. So, largest species of owl, females, and this is all from Wikipedia, everybody, um, can grow to a total length of 75 centimeters to 30 inches, a wingspan of 100 and, uh, 188 centimeters or six feet. Yeah. <laughs> with males being slightly smaller. So, this, so take your average adult human male and turn them sideways and hurl it at something. Yes. Through the air. And give it knives for feet. Yes. That's what you're dealing with. Yep. And can do, so nocturnal predators, so that's something also we could talk about, um, that do small animals, invertebrates, typically off of ledges, um, is where they will 
up in mountains, will breed on there in gullies and have their nests in rocks and concealed locations. So, um, so that is the eagle owl. Now the smallest owl, since we're on owls, and so this is something also that we can talk about. So almost all of the owl bears have been described basically to be the size of a grizzly bear or bigger. Right. All of them are, are I mean, obviously the young are going to be smaller. Right. But you have something where, you know, like we said, it's an, it's an eight foot right. creature. You know, yes. it's, it's a couple meters in length. These are mm-hmm. big, powerful animals. But in theory, just like with any, you, know, you would think bear species are not all grizzly bears. Mm-hmm. There are, you know, black bears in Florida where I grew up that only get to be like five foot, like a meter and a half. Right. So then, they're not huge. So then that's something to think about in your game. Where it's the, do you have a variety of owl bears that are all just sort of either like a like the the winter claw like we talked about, like a polar owl bear, which is similar to the one if anyone um, our listeners are probably familiar with, um, Acquisitions Incorporated, the A Team. Viari has a owl bear named Chippy, who is a snowy owl bear. So then you have to think, okay. Is the variety of owl bears limited by the size of bear, or is it limited by the size of owl? Now, right, because I mean, you have bears that are all the way down to like four or five feet. feet. Like, they're not huge, right? Like a sun, sun bear. bears are mm-hmm. not very large, right? So you know, it'd be a smaller species of owl, perhaps married up with that. But like you said, owls aren't that big. I mean, sure, there are some with six foot wingspans. Yes, but you know, you have a huge variation in size. So, for example, the smallest owl is called the elf owl. And it only weighs 31 grams, or one ounce, and is, th- is 13 and a half centimeters, or five inches. And I want an owlbear that big, goddammit. <laughs> because it would be the most adorable thing on the planet. <laughs> I mean, if we go with the Feywild, I'm now imagining an owlbear that's only maybe like half a foot long. Yes. so Fairy wings. Fairy wings. Yes. Yes. Okay, artist. Like a fairy owlbear. Visual artist. Make it happen. (laughs) I will pay you money to make this curve. (laughs) Little little elf owl face, like the long tufted ears. ears. Yep. Because eastern squeech owls are not that much bigger. Solwet owls, um, you know, even if you had a barn owl, for example. Or even better. I want burrowing owlbears. Yes. Take a burrowing owl, little round head. They're only like, you know, eight inches tall. So, you know. Small wingspan, maybe a foot, I think, if that. Yeah. But they're mm-hmm. not huge owls. Like. But give it, like, a mole butt. <laughs> it's just an owl mole. Yes! <laughs> mole bear, they're this both is, brown, This big is all claws, I ever wanted. Right? This is all I ever wanted. <laughs> but it's a terrestrial owl. So that also gives you an option, in theory, for an owl bear on a plains setting as opposed to a forest. Right. That's something else, too, because almost all the time when we talk about owl bears, like if there was a snowy owl bear, it's like, okay, up in the mountains or some sort like of a, Arctic area. A tiger, like a pine forest. forest. Versus, and, you know, bears tend to be in forested places, forest dwelling, but owls live everywhere. Yeah, you owls, know. you know, the, the Eurasian eagle owl lives on the steppe. Right. You know, it, it flies down from rocky, rocky perches, perches over huge plains. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, Burrowing mm-hmm. owls live in grasslands. You know. Right. Some owls live inside trees. Some live in dense forests. And right. And you know, dense forest is called out in the fifth edition for owl bears mm-hmm. that they're cutting off escape routes. Right. You know, they want their prey well contained, mm-hmm. easy to capture. But I'm like, look, this is a creature that has a speed that's pretty substantial. Yeah. 
and is a voracious hunter and eater. So you were correct on burrowing owls that they are about maybe up to 11 inches or 28 centimeters tall, and that their wingspan can actually be up to 24 inches or two feet. Okay. Or 61 centimeters. But they only weigh as much as eight ounces or 240 grams. So they're not big. It's a half a pound. It's a half a pound. You know, most of us handle... You know, books and phones that are the weight of these birds. Like, right. We're not talking a big, heavy, bulky thing. Right. Well, and they make it sound like with an owl bear that it's more of. Are there Australian owls? Are there drop owl bears? Are there drop owl bears? That's what I want to know. Drop owl bears. Like a Let koala. Australian owl. owls. I'm looking it up. A koala owl. Because, well, like koala co- is not, not a, a bear. bear. That is very true. That Koalas is... are not bears. No, they are marsupials. But you jokingly call them drop bears, and now I want to drop owl bear. There so. is an Australian mast owl. It looks a lot like a barn owl. Okay. The barn owl of yeah, like, it's a, like dark, a darker russet sort of darker russet, like so a lot like it. What you see an owl, a barn owl, which have the very sort of moon sort the of face, white face and sort of white tawny face, head. tawny head. This is a dark, what we would call in biology a darker morph, right? Um, which is Maybe it's probably a subspecies because it has been, it's in Australia, so it's been cut off. Originally, apparently, came from southern New Guinea. Okay. And so, you know, they are probably genetically distinct enough to be varieties, but could probably easily hybridize, you know, if... In yeah, if you took a barn owl and an Australian, Australian mast owl, owl put them together, we'll you're going to get... Fine. Uh, roughly one of the, the two. two. Right. Yeah, it's it's, it's not going to have any problems. No, probably not. They... And that's the thing that's interesting, too, is it's, you know, with, we keep talking about owls, so we have the, the bears living in the forest, so right. owl bears live in the forest. But unless you're fourth edition that has to be different and says day or night, everybody else calls out a nocturnal hunter. Right. So that's definitely an owl, because bears don't care what time of day or night it is. No, they're, they're hungry, they're going to eat. eat whenever, yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. But most bears, I mean, some do hunt. You know, they, they eat fish. Some will take down deer. They'll take but down small animals. But a lot of them are foragers. Yes, they tend to be omnivores as well. And they will scavenge off of dead, any, like, carcass or carrion and stuff. They're not picky. Versus owls, 100% carnivorous. Right. Yes. Like, they, if it's insects, if it's mice, snakes, all the way up to, like we said, like a white-tailed deer. Right. You know, if it's big enough to take it, it'll take it. Mm-hmm. So I imagine owl bears. We'll take down a deer, no problem. Mm-hmm. And they even call out in 5th edition that they'll take down something bigger than them. Right. They don't care, and most things leave them alone because they are vicious and they fight to the death. Theirs or their opponents, they are going to fight. Right. When you're bringing this in, this is not, there's no morality in fighting and killing an owl bear. There's no, like, this could be an act of evil. This thing is survival. Right. It is trying to kill you. It is kill or be you are, killed. Yeah, you are food. You are and, food, and that's about as far as it's gotten. <laughs> and honestly, you know, we talk about you know, the, you know, people can train owls like falconers. People can train bears for, you know, circuses. Right, take that but way it's will, still but, a wild animal. <laughs> but they can be trained. Depending on edition, they call out training either being possible or not possible. The fifth edition even calls out owl bear racing. <laughs> but they say that half the time the bets are if the owl bear just eats its jockey. Like, yeah, train, domesticate is kind of rough, mm-hmm. right? Like, it's, it's, I wouldn't keep one in the house, but they make good guard animals. And that is something they specify, you know, give it a territory, give it like a living moat, right? Like, it lives in the woods at the bottom of the mountain when the castle's up high. Like, mm-hmm. you could see Strahd von Zarevich with owlbears in a moat. 
It'd be a yeah. very strawed thing to do. It would be a very strawed thing to do, yeah. For sure. So, you know, th- this is a, a ferocious animal. Right, well... It and, defends its territory. And that's about territory, too, because they had mentioned, um, and had mentioned several things before, that it's like, you would suspect... And based on real-world equivalent, both bears and owls, solitary animals, right? Owls will sometimes be with a mate, you know, to care, but not often. Most of the time, it's, you know, I just said, get together, bury white, then... (laughs) Raise some young. Raise some young. And move on. And move on, right? And bears are the same way. You know, like, the mama bear takes care of her own, and she tolerates, you know, other male bears around, sort of. You know, so... But, however, in the Monster Manual, they talk about that they being mated pairs. And so, 5th edition, yeah, they they go with a little bit, I think, more of a a real biological stance. Right. They're going to hunt as a pair to take care of their young. Right, at now, most. Now, bears, not really the case. No. It's mama bear and the young in a den. But at least you can kind of you know, expect that they may have some shared territory. It's why they got together in the first place. Right. Previous editions, it calls them out almost like they're a monogamous pair for life. Which makes this, no you know, sense. It's this mated pair. They hunt together. And I think it was um, third edition even mentions hunting in packs. Well, I mean, okay, pack of two, I guess. You know, you don't, you it's don't technically see, more than one, yeah. yeah mm. But, it, you know, you wouldn't expect to find, like, eight owlbears. Here's four pairs all hunting together. Yeah. Unless they've either been trained to do this, or there's something, like, horrifying lack of food, and somehow they're banding together to, to, to gain Which more. would be amazingly terrifying, like, since one awakened is already... Owlbears awakened point. owlbears, right. We have bound together in... in hunting in packs. In, in, hunting in packs. Oh, no. <laughs> like, this is a clever girl kind of moment. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because... The thing is, is bears and owls don't really tolerate each other all that much. You They're know, solitary hunters. They are solitary hunters, and so an owl bear being even in a mated pair or in a group or a pack is stretching it, right? Like definitely. And also, even when we talked about the shark teeth issue, besides the shark teeth issue, now this is what I want to know. So we've t- we've talked about bears omnivore omnivores would have like molars and other things like that eat whatever they're they're a vacuum cleaner okay they're gonna basically eat anything that is edible anything edible that slows slows down down enough they're eating it versus obligate that would be the term obligate carnivore is what an owl is right it eats now other animals the owls do not have teeth no and they don't chew their beak is a ripping mechanism Right. And so shark teeth kind of makes sense there. It's similar. Sharks eat similar way. You know, come in, bite, bite rip, rip, tear. Like this is a, a shredding and you just machine. need a section of meat that is small enough that you can swallow. Now, birds and owls also have what's called a gizzard. Now, this is in the throat, is where the food goes to kind of get chewed up a little bit more before getting regurgitated partly, so it's like throwing up in the back of your throat, and then be swallowed again. Now, the gizzard is full of stone, so if you do ever see birds, like, picking up rocks and stuff, they literally are swallowing those and putting those in their gizzard. The reason for that is any of this food which goes into the gizzard will get ground up in the, with those stones in there. So they have externally supplied teeth. Yes, so externally supplied teeth. They're just rocks instead. Imagine Literally if you will, rocks. dark teeth. Dark teeth. So eating rocks. So the thing is, 
is owls, because they often, if they're using it, like say a mouse, for example, or a small bird or whatever, when they swallow their prey whole, there isn't just meat in there. There's also fur and bones and whatever. And whatever the mouse ate. Ate and blah. And so what will happen is that inside the gizzard, the, all the not good bits, the tough bits. The non-meaty parts. The non-meaty parts will be formed into a pellet. Will eventually get crushed up and put together. And then will be coughed up later like a nasty hairball. <laughs> Well, and, and, I mean, we dissected those in school. Right. Like a, it, like a lot of people, it, maybe. Something that comes up in a science class. You yes. Know, you bring in an owl pellet, you take it apart, here's a mouse skull, here's a foot, mm. here's a, a bird claw. Right. And this, it's, it's like a hairball with crunchy bits. Right. So this is the Jif thing. crunchy hairballs. Yes. <laughs> so this is the thing I want to know, right? Do owl bears have pellets. Yeah. What is the inside of an owl bear? What is the inside of an owl bear? Is there a because, gizzard? Is there a gizzard? Because it's an owl like, head. Well, but do they have multiple stomachs? Right. Is this somehow an ungulate like a cow? How can it does be a, a cow does though? Does an owl bear chew cud? Do I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> owl bear chew cud. Well, that's the thing. Like maybe they have both. Maybe they have the gizzard. They cough it up and then they like, you know, churn that around a little bit with these evil shark, shark teeth, teeth and send it back down to the bear half. Yeah. I don't thing know. Is, because the thing is, is it would still have all those bones and furs and stuff. So you'd think... But bears eat that. And then it comes out the back end of the bear. Right. So that so does an owlbear shit in the woods. No, that's right. not that's yeah. not a bear. Anyway, so, but and the thing I there's can't... there's your linguistic moment for the day. Right. The idiom now is not does a bear, bear shit, shit in the woods. Does an owl, owl bear, bear shit, shit in the woods. woods. Now you made it more appropriate for your setting. High five. We're the best. Okay. Now, what I want to know, because I can't get this image out of my head, is if an owl bear makes pellets like an owl does, but it's the size of a grizzly, therefore, each of these pellets is going to be the size of like a watermelon <laughs> or a, a basketball. Small, small human child of fur and bones. That's the, the, like, can you just imagine that sound? The <laughs> yeah, does it, does it hoot before it hoots? Like like the cat <laughs> the cat stands like the wide feet and like 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 what is the noise? What is the noise? Right, because then all I can imagine is this pellet coming out and like a shield falling out of it, right? And right, like yeah, a boot. Like these things are eating kobolds. Wolds. They're eating goblins. Now, adventurers. See, no, the there for your game business new business proposition for you. Owlbear reclamation. Owlbear pellet reclamation. Where kobolds or a bunch of goblins collect owlbear pellets. And the thing is, if that's a dis common enough business. Dis dissect them, right? Dissect them and sell back the adventuring equipment. But you know that if that's a common enough business, yes. if that's a thing, yes. there's a high-end version. There's, there's a high-end like, version. There's like okay. the, the molecular gastronomy of owlbear pellets. Okay. Right? Like, it, like okay. it's a deconstructed... Sell me, sell me on this. Yeah, I don't think you this. want me to. I don't. I, I think it's horrifying. <laughs> I think it's horrifying. Because now it's like we're not just like ripping some shields out of some owlbear puke. Right? And reselling it. Swords and, and, and you know, non-meaty bits. Hey, I but think now it's a great it's like, business idea. They've been... It's it's like civet coffee, right? Oh, it's, no. It's, it's Albert cleansed adventure. Okay, now gear. we need to explain what civet coffee is. For those because you not brought it up. Oh, For those not no. in the know, civets... This is a real thing, okay? Real. Civets are a up. small, feline-adjacent creature 
that. <laughs> I mean, they're not really felines, but it's probably the closest animal. Yeah, yeah well, they're not Civets also are really kind their own thing. Like, yeah, they're really their own thing because they're almost kind of like minks and yeah. weasels. Too. They live on the jungle floor. Yeah, and they will eat coffee berries. You know, the, the yeah. beans you eat are the seed that's inside the fruity bit. It's basically your your. It's like brewing cherry pits. Yes. right. With with less poison. Yeah. Stone fruit, don't eat the pits. No, don't Bad do for it. You. Bad for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, coffee beans, good. Yes. Um, but they will eat the, the fruit and the, the seed, the bean passes through them. And someone, much like many of the weird things, that, if you really stop and think about things, it's like, gee, calves are drinking that milk. I would think I should drink from the bottom of that cow or that goat or that pick an yeah, animal. It's like, who's the one that picked that? Like, yeah. who, who started had this, this? idea? <laughs> yep. Someone found the beans in the civet poop, took them out, and used them to make coffee. Like, just, just rinse them off and make coffee out of them. Supposedly, it takes a lot of the acidity and bitterness out. I still think it's poop coffee. Yeah, I'm still so, going with, I haven't gotten brave enough to try it. You know, this is an owlbear sword. It's gone through. Yeah, no, civet coffee is crazy. I don't know what the price is anymore. I know at one point it was like $20 for a cup of black coffee. Ugh. Right? It was like a couple hundred a pound. It's crazy expensive stuff. It might be better now. And, of course, then there's all the, the, the ethics of, you know... I'm sure that somebody somewhere is force-feeding civets coffee. Like, Yeah, for yeah. sure. I doubt it stayed a sustainable practice for long. No, no. And they're already kind of a rare animal to begin with, you know. So, but yeah, I mean, think that about besides. it. There's that company. You know it's out there. And maybe it's Ag Inc. Maybe, <laughs> maybe there's a, a branch. There's a branch. Yeah, you know, organically harvested, Did you know, owlbear adventuring gear. Cruelty-free. Right. <laughs> Cage free, cage free, non-GMO. Oh. Like, yeah. Well, no, that's the thing. Are owlbears genetically modified? It depends yes. on that origin story, right? Yes. Did they come from the Feywild or not? No, I'm saying they are. <laughs> so, you can't say non-GMO because it came from a purely genetically modified creature. Yeah. Okay. So not non-GMO, but cage free. You know, organic, free range. Organic, free range. You know. Um. Only, only fed the best kobolds. <laughs> Pellet weapons. Pellet yeah. weapons. Um, I don't know what the exact marketing looks like. Well, and then if you have that level, then you have a breeding program. Right. And now we're coming back to how do owlbears work? Because we've also said, you said, first edition. It's the only edition that calls it out. Yes. Specifically calls So the rest of them say, you know, one to six young, one D6 young, various states. And if you go far enough back, first edition really loved math. Because it's like 30 to 70% grown young. I'm like, okay, what's the difference? If it's a young owlbear, what's really the difference between 30 and 70%, right? Like, like, is it by weight? Is it by killing potential? Do they only do 70% of the damage? It doesn't tell you. But it says percentage young. But first edition actually calls out eggs. Yeah. Everywhere else it's just young. So mm-hmm. it sort of is like, okay, have we revised? Maybe it's a bear live birth you know, mammalian, mammalian system? system? Or are they out there, which, that's the thing, not all mammals are live birth. Some do lay eggs. eggs monotremes. Right. You know, echidnas and platypus. Is an owlbear a monotreme Dream? laying eggs? Or are they giving live birth like most mammals? Right. And the thing is, they even call out, you know, a specific price for owlbear eggs. That was right. a thing. And, and, and primarily because first edition goes back to the experience system of treasure. It's yes. what gold you're amassing is your experience. Versus not currently. Not the things you've killed. Yeah. Currently, 
combat is really the only way you can get experience, which yeah, that rules may as rules as written, which that may change in sixty. Kate Welch, we're looking at you. Right. Um, <laughs> New experience, experience system. system. Um, because I know especially you're not doing books anymore, but come on, you can sneak it in there. Yeah, it's fine. You know, you got friends. Tell Perkins he owes us one. That too. Um, especially when they say the role-playing game, right. right? The world's greatest role-playing game, but you don't get rewarded for role-playing. So here's <laughs> the thing. We're going back to first edition with that special attack hug where it's, <laughs> it is holding on for your life yes. and its own. Mm-hmm. Not for itself living, just it's going to hold on until it's dead. Yes. But they call it that eggs are worth 2,000 gold and young that are under 50% grown Okay. Are worth five grand. To do what with? Money. You Money. sell them. Yeah, I know. You gain experience by stealing these things young. Leave the adult alone. It's not worth anything. But go ahead, steal its young, make it angry and want to kill you with more reasons. Right. Right? Make it want to give you all the hugs. Yes. Right? So, but but it's, it's eggs, and there's that percentage number. And like I said, it, it was like a percentage between 30 and 70% of the young are grown. Okay, well, you know, if it's under fifty percent, is it like a percent of a percent? How much math, Gary? That's all we want to know. My answer was too much math. All of the math. But yeah, if you want to do all the math, it's in there. Yes. And three five even calls out that you can make three thousand gold for bringing a young in, and if you want to train them yourself as some sort of guard creature, right? You will spend two grand of that to train them. So the thing is, is it's like the training is. You're paying someone to train it almost as much as you're getting to bring the thing in in the first place. Right. So it's like, you know, these people are spending five, you know, if you're the rich baron that wants to defend their property with owlbears, you're going to spend three grand for an adventuring company to go find one and another two grand to get this thing to live in your moat and eat things. Right. And that's on a good day. And this is the same edition that says they cannot be domesticated. Which brings into question what they mean by domesticated, right? Because to me, cows are domesticated, but I don't want one living in my house. Right. How is that owlbear living in my moat being fed adventurers that I don't like mm-hmm. or, you know, grave robbers or whatnot? Right, uh, yeah, exactly. How is that not a domestic resource? Or random peasants if you're Strahd von Zarevich and, you right. know, it's they whatever's just, there. yeah, they showed up again. You know, and with would their, his be with owl their starvation and their problems. Or would he have, like, raven bears? Right. Do you, yeah, well, because we also saw some of the art from, what was that, 3-5? Um, or uh, Yeah, I think it was. Where the owlbear, fourth, edition. Look, no, fourth, fourth edition, when you look at fourth edition, it actually looks less of an owlbear head and a little bit more like a falcon. Yeah, or an eagle. Or an eagle, right. Yeah, it's, it's more that, it's less of the, like, completely round, round face. It's more of the, like... Which, of course, the, is used for... Like a semicircle. Ooh, so then we should talk about the round face, right? That's true. This would give you why they get advantage on, on hearing. hearing. Now, so the reason that we're talking about this. So it makes sense that this is a predatory bird. It's a raptor. And so that means they have very good eyesight. That's sort of the technical term. But forward-facing binocular forward vision. Forward-facing binocular vision. Versus an owl has that sort of disc-shaped face. So eyes are still straightforward. Most predators, binocular vision, too forward. But they have these specialized feathers, right? This almost acts as an amplification disc, right? It's a big radar dish. It's like a radar dish. And it helps to channel sound to their ears, which is underneath. And if you want to look up owl ears. Owl ear holes. Owl ear holes. 
They are under the feathers and they are... Offset. Offset. So one is higher than the other. And it's actually to bring in sound. And it helps their more. echolocation. That too. Because by having them offset, you know, our ears, same basic spot on both sides of our head, mm-hmm. for, you know, higher and lower. lower. And, you know, le- you know, front to back, left to right. They're, they're pretty equidistant. Owls, it's like one is higher and slightly more forward, forward and, and one, one is, is lower, lower and slightly and back. back. Mm-hmm. And so de- you know, for them, depending on which ear hole, which which auditory orifice <laughs> yeah. is receiving the signal, they're able to better echolocate than we are. One, that radar dish is funneling it in. Yes. And two, then, because, you know, if it comes to the left ear, I think it's left, it depends on the bird. Yeah, it depends um, on the bird. Yep. But, the, you know, whichever one is higher, then it's like, okay, well, that one heard the sound slightly before the other one. I know it's above me, me. Mm-hmm. and likely more f- in front. Yes. So they're able to, to locate much better because there is a time lag, mm-hmm. minute. Like It's not like they're sitting there, there's not a supercomputer in the owl's mm-hmm. brain, but it, it intrinsically knows right. location. Now... So, you know, you see owl bears, they have owl heads. They don't have, like, the bear Which ears on the top. Which also means that they should be able to turn their necks very far. Almost 360 60 degrees. degrees. Because the reason for that is when we're talking about this binocular vision is the eyes in an owl's skull do not move. Ours, we can move our eyes within our skull. And bears can as well. But because they do not move, the head itself has to move. And that's one of the reasons their necks are so flexible. So now... And usually very long. And very long than what you think. When you see that owl, it's sort of that like oval shape almost always. Most of them can stretch their neck a good distance. Right. But you don't see it because under Look up an owl skeleton. Yes. You think that dinosaurs are gone? Look up an owl skeleton. No, they're birds now. That thing is a raptor. (laughs) The reason we call them raptors, they look like a velociraptor under there. Yes. So if you look up skeletons of any of these birds of prey that count as raptors, it looks like a velociraptor under there. It just has beak now. Yeah. Instead the, of teeth. The mouth parts of... Unless you're an owlbear and you have shark teeth. Unless you're an owlbear and have shark teeth. You kept the teeth. You right. formed a beak over the teeth. And it's that was it. A tooth shroud. A tooth shroud. That's what it right. is. New word. Right. Tooth shroud. Right. Now you can sound smart the to your players. The ultimate craw zone. The ultimate craw zone. Tooth shroud. I almost feel like we need to end on two. <laughs> right? But that's the thing. So so now we're talking, this thing is fast, it is large, it is aggressive. It has a tooth shroud. It has a tooth shroud and shark teeth. And its head can turn, turn almost, almost around, around. And it can extend its neck. Presumably, probably a couple of feet. Like a half a meter neck would probably not be unreasonable. Yep. <laughs> so this thing has like an extendo neck. It's the inspector gadget of horrifying night terrors. Right? Like, go, go, gadget, owlbear neck. Right. That's going to happen. Which lays eggs, maybe? Honestly, Eberron, mechanical owlbears, just saying. Think about it. Think about it. Right. Extending, roboid, owlbear necks. Right. It's already a killing machine. I mean... Now, why not make it a literal machine? Little machine. Right. I mean, we're so close. And that goes back again. Where are the environments for an owlbear? Anywhere the owlbear Owlbear wants. wants. (laughs) It's an owlbear. You're not telling it what to do. No. You want it to show up in a vernus? Give it some spikes and maybe some scales. Now it's some kind of dragon owl. I don't know. But it's hellish. Maybe part of it's on fire. Go to Eberron. Maybe it's got machine parts. Maybe somebody had a trained owlbear that lost a limb. Give it a prosthetic limb. It's an owlbear with like a blade arm. Why not? Or a gun. Just add a a gun. gun. Yeah. Just give mount a, a gun on the give back. Give it a shoulder-mounted cannon. Owlbear tank. 
Just putting it out there. Stat these as appropriate. What we're saying is owlbears are very versatile. And you should use them all the time. Also, you should make tiny owlbears. Why? Because they'd be adorable and hilarious. Go both ends of the spectrum. Dire owlbear, make it huge. Tiny owlbear, fairy wings. Give it the ability to fly, because why not? Now you can have swarms of tiny fairy owlbears. That's all I'm saying. With shark teeth. With Just shark really teeth. small ones. Like like tiny shark teeth. Yes. Maybe they have remora mouths. Maybe they're like super Oh, no, owls. no. God, no. My brand is Eldritch, and you know this. <laughs> oh, no. I thought it was space. Now I'm confused. Why are those not one and the same? <laughs> Give them eel skin. Give them electricity. Go insane. Make owlbears more terrifying. You need a higher level owlbear, give it magic powers. Why not? Right. Awakened owlbears. Think about that. It's now a vicious killing machine that knows what it wants. It's a Terminator owlbear. And it's smarter than you. Come on. Terminator owlbear. It's Terminator like Give it an Arnold voice. Yes. You have to. Do it. Now you have to. <laughs> okay. Well, I think that should be a wrap. <laughs> Thank you all for joining us um, for our very first episode of Natural 20. Um, In the future, we're going to have a segment at the beginning of our shows called Creature Feature. In this, we want you to send us your stories of fun things that happened in your games with various creatures and monsters. Please tweet that at, at Insight Check Pod. Also, if you have any questions about owlbears, suggestions, or comments, please also tweet that at us at Insight Check Pod. Um, and finally, our next episode, we're going to be talking about bullets. And so if you have any questions about bullets or you don't know what those are, go ahead and look those up. Another um, soft plastic cord. Another soft plastic cord. There's a hint. Um, so also um, send that to uh, our tweets. Um, be checking in regularly. We are going to try to do this monthly and hopefully some fun for you and everybody else. Or this will flop and we'll never do it again. So, you know, it's fine. <laughs> in any event, keep rolling. Unnatural Natural 20. 20. Thank you, everyone. Um, we would like to thank Ember's Tide for our intro and outro music. We would like to thank the cast from the Inside Check podcast for putting up with our nonsense as well as for all of their feedback and support. We would like to thank the Inside Check podcast artist Bernadette. They are at Twitter at Burnum with three M's. And you are the reason that our friends have faces. They are currently taking commissions. I had a commission done by them recently for a dear friend, and it is one of the most beautiful things that I have ever seen slash had the privilege to own. So go check them out.